Holy Father in heaven, glory be unto your name, Lord, for giving us the privilege and opportunity to fellowship with you today. Dear Father, we ask that in this moment of our fellowshipping, that you will grant to us graciously of the gift of your Holy Spirit. We need him more than ever before. As we come close to the end of time, we need to be abiding in you at all times. We need our hearts to be purified of all evil, of all sin, and of all unrighteousness. We want to be one with you, dear Lord. So we pray that as we go through these words of our devotion, that it will serve to bring us into oneness with you. Teach us from your word. Cut away from us our evil tendencies and characters. Help us, Lord, that as we go through these words, we will learn something that will make us come closer to you. Put your words in my mouth that it may bless all who are going to be listening. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage June 5 Human Boasting And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 10 When war was declared by Israel against the Philistines, three of the sons of Jesse joined the army under Saul. But David remained at home. After a time, however, he went to visit the camp of Saul. By his father's direction, he was to carry a message and gift to his elder brothers and to learn if they were still in safety and health. As David drew near to the army, he heard the sound of commotion, as if an engagement was about to begin. Goliath, the champion of the Philistines, came forth and with insulting language defied Israel and challenged them to provide a man from their ranks who would meet him in single combat. For forty days, the host of Israel had trembled before the haughty challenge of the Philistine giant. Their hearts filled within them as they looked upon his massive form. In height, measuring six cubits and a span, upon his head was a helmet of brass. He was clothed with a coat of mail that weighed five thousand shekels, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs. The coat was made of plates of brass that overlaid one another like the scales of a fish, and they were so closely joined that no dart or arrow could possibly penetrate the armor. At his back, the giant bore a huge javelin or lance also of brass. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. Israel did not defy Goliath, but Goliath made his proud boasts against God and his people. 
they define the boasting and the railing must come from the opposers of truth who act the Goliath. But none of this spirit should be seen in those whom God has sent forth to proclaim the last message of warning to a doomed world. Goliath trusted in his armor. He terrified the armies of Israel by his defiant, savage boastings, while he made a most imposing display of his armor, which was his strength. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Human Boasting. And we are coming to the very popular story of the Philistine giant called Goliath and his relation with Israel. Let us remind ourselves that as we are going through the stories contained in sacred history, the Lord told us that these things were written for our learning, that is in Romans 15 verse 4 and also in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 6 and verse 11. That the reason these stories were written was for our learning that we through patience and comfort of these scriptures might have hope and also as a warning to us that we should not repeat the mistakes that were made in the past. So why would the Lord bring to our knowledge the story of David, Goliath and his relation to the children of Israel? Because there are lessons for us to learn from it. So let us learn from it. Reading now from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 from verse 1 downward it says now the philistines gathered their armies to battle and were gathered together at shokor which belonged to judah and pitched between shokor and azekah in ephesdamim and saul and the men of israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of elah and set the battle in array against the philistines and the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Verse 8 now says, And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly af afraid. To add more information to this, I want to read from the book Spiritual Gifts, Volume 4a, page 79, down to, down to 80. It says, When the Philistines renewed war with Israel, David was permitted to go to his father's house to resume the occupation of shepherd which he loved. The Philistines dare not venture their large armies against Israel. So you need to understand why this kind of battle happened because you don't see this kind of battle where one person comes to challenge the other in the bible there was a reason why the philistines followed this strategy and the reason is because as we read in the previous devotions and in the bible saul god had through king saul plundered and destroyed them over and over again they had had battles before now a lot of them with israel and israel had conquered them since the days that 
God started to work with Jonathan and King Saul and they were really plundering the Israelites. So to them, it was not good strategy to fight Israel again. They wanted another strategy. So he says, the Philistines dare not venture their large armies against Israel as they had heretofore done, fearing they would be overcome and fall before Israel. They are ignorant of the weakness of Israel. They know not that Saul and his people have great anxiety and dare not commence the battle with them, fearing that Israel will be overcome. But the Philistines propose their own manner of warfare in selecting a man of great size and strength whose height is above 12 feet. So for you to have the picture of what Goliath was like, that is double the height of the average man of today, 12 feet. He is easily as tall as a bungalow today, a flat in a house. His head will reach the top. Many houses today are just 10 feet high. Goliath would easily reach the decking of a one-story building and may well be looking into the balcony of your house if you are living on the first floor. That's how tall he was. Going on says, he was terrible in appearance and spoke proudly and defied the armies of Israel and their God. For forty days this proud boaster filled Israel with terror and made Saul greatly afraid. For no one dared to venture to combat with the mighty giants. Israel, on account of their transgressions, had not that sacred trust in God which would lead them to battle in his name. But God would not suffer an idolatrous nation to lift their heads proudly against the ruler of the universe. He saved Israel not by the hand of Saul, but by the hand of David, whom he had raised, raised up to rule his people. Saul did not know what to do. He imagines Israel as Philistine slaves. He can see no way of escape. In his trouble, he offers great rewards to anyone who will slay the proud boaster. But all feel their weakness. They have a king whom God does not instruct, who dare not engage in any perilous enterprise, for he expects no special interposition from God to save his life. As Israel had been partaker with him in transgression, he had no hope that God would work specially for them and deliver them out of the hands of the Philistines. The armies of Israel seemed paralyzed with terror. They could not trust in their king, whom they had demanded of God. Saul's mind was changeable. He would for a short time direct the armies and then fear and discouragement would seize him and he would countermand his orders." End of quote. What do we learn from this? When Goliath was requesting, send out your champion to fight me, he specifically mentioned the name of King Saul, trolling him, saying, servants of King Saul, send out a champion. Who did he think was the champion? King Saul. And Saul at this time is trembling and the whole host of Israel is trembling. And why were they trembling? They had just had an incident when they went to the land of the Amalekites to fight. They, uniting with King Saul, disobeyed God, but Saul, being the chief architect of that disobedience, Samuel had come to tell him clearly that the Lord had rejected him. Hearing such denouncing words from, from Samuel, he lost his confidence. Why? He was taking glory for the things that God was doing and started doing things in his own strength. He had self-confidence. He had lost that self-distrust that he began with over and over again. God had given him an opportunity to redeem himself, but the last straw came when he himself refused to acknowledge his sin 
and Israel were made weak because the Lord was not with them and they knew it and they dared not go into battle. His stupidity did not, his foolishness did not get to that point of him going to the battle in self-confidence. He knew now that it was the Lord that was leading him and all Israel were afraid. We learn the lesson that we become powerless before our enemies when we engage in sin, unconfessed sin. That is the real problem here. Because if Saul had confessed his sin, the Lord is merciful and the Lord will hear him and forgive him. If he had come with a contrite heart and said, Lord, forgive me, and he realizes his error, remember Samson. Samson dishonored God over and over and over again till he lost his strength. But in his distress, Samson repented and he prayed to God, Lord, please give me strength that I may avenge myself of my enemies. And what did the Lord do? The Lord heard his, heard his prayer. And the Bible records that those who Samson destroyed at his death were far more than those he destroyed while he was alive. His victory was great and Samson would be in the kingdom of God. He repented, but not so for King Saul and his army. If they had only prayed to the Lord and confessed, they would have had strength with the Lord, but they did not do that. And now they are trembling in the presence of Goliath. And because of them, the Lord is being defied because it was not just King Saul's name who that was mentioned. He mentioned the name of Israel and of their God and saying, whoever wins will be the Lord and the master of the other. It was a battle between gods now because that was what Goliath made it to be about and the Lord had to intervene. But then Israel were trembling. What lesson again do we learn? Let's take our attention away from King Saul and turn it to Goliath. We have other lessons to learn from Goliath. Goliath boasted because of self-confidence. What was it that made Goliath to boast? It is because of his armor. Goliath, as we, as the Bible described, he had a lot about him that he thought was his strength. And in those things, he felt he could have confidence to go and fight anybody that comes his way. Reading from 1 Samuel chapter 17, from verse 5, I'll start from verse 4. It says, And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath. First of all, his height, we've already seen, 12 feet. Then he had a helmet of brass upon his head, impenetrable helmet. And he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels. I like to read it as we saw it in the devotion to explain it even better. It says in... <clears throat> It says, Upon his head was a helmet of brass. He was clothed with a coat of mail that weighed 5,000 shekels, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs. The coat was made of plates of brass that overlaid one another like the scales of a fish. Remember, Dagon is their god, fish god. So, and also, when you put it like that, like the scales of a fish, it is impenetrable. And they were so closely joined that no dart or arrow could possibly penetrate the armor at his back. The giant bore a huge javelin, not a small one now, a javelin for his size. Remember his height, 12 feet? A javelin for his height, not the one that a six-foot man will hold. You can imagine the kind of javelin a 12-foot tall man will hold. And they were so... This He says he had a javelin or a lance also of brass. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron wow and one bearing a shield went before him so goliath was trusting that 
he was well protected. He trusted to his armor and that was why he came boasting to the children of Israel because as far as he was concerned, there was no way anybody could win him in a battle. Now, these things that Goliath had, let's say for example, his height, who gave it to him? Was it he that got it by himself? No, it wasn't. That was God. He didn't make himself tall. He didn't make himself big. It was the Lord. We learn a lesson from Goliath that we should not boast about anything. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, we are told, For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou did not receive? Now, if thou didst receive, why dost thou glory or why dost thou boast as if thou hast not received it? Boasting is not a Christian character. To boast means to feel, even though you don't say it, but to feel better than another. To have pride in the heart or to have the thought in your mind that you are more qualified or better placed than another person because of something that you have. In the case of Goliath, he didn't give himself that strength. And even for us, whatever it is we have that you think you worked for, whether it is your wealth, whether it is your intelligence, whether it is your strength, physical build-up, whatever, your face that may look handsome or beautiful. Be careful not to look down on others because of it, because there's nothing you have that you did not receive. It is the Lord who gives to us. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, Thus said the Lord, Let not the wise man glory or boast in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth, glorieth, glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Goliath boasted because he trusted to his armor. So do many today boast when they trust to their armor in the form of the various things I've just mentioned. It could be in the form of their face. They think they are beautiful or handsome and they boast about it. They, they, they feel more entitled than others because of it. Some people are feeling more entitled because of the color of their skin. There is a boasting of race today. And also, there is the boasting of tribe and ethnicity. Some people feel more entitled because of their tribe. There is this national pride people have. That's what they call it, national pride. And the Lord is saying to you, don't boast about any of these things. And I'll tell you why as we go on. There are others who boast about their wealth or the connections that they have. They boast about it like Goliath with a pomp and pride that defies anyone to cross their path. You see people when driving, they have that Goliath spirit. Anybody who just crosses their path, you see the look on the face like, how dare you? That's how some people look on the road like, you dare not, you shouldn't do this to me. And they curse and they swear just like Goliath. They defy others. They say things like, do you know who I am? I'll show you who I am. Those kind of statements, those are statements of boasting. And this is, it doesn't become a Christian to use such comments. They are not afraid to go into any challenge because they know this person or that person. Some will say, oh, I know the president or I know this uh, highly placed person. And so they go into challenges even when they know they are wrong in quarrels or in things that, especially on the road when people are driving. Some people, they know they are wrong. 
but their confidence is in their connections their confidence is in their wealth their confidence is in something that they have that they think they can use against another person to bring them uh, to have the better of the person they are not afraid like i said to go into any challenge very frequently like goliath they are troubled but they are still defeated Others trust to their certificates and their academic qualifications and they make a boast of it. You see people, you go to their offices, well for one reason or the other, I don't know, but some of them, they hang the plaques of their awards in their office or in their houses and they put their certificates and put it in frames in their offices or in their houses. Why are you doing that? I don't know your motive, but I know, I don't know any individual's motive as I speak, but I know that there are a good number of people who are doing this just to create an influence in the mind of the people that they are talking to. If you walk on the road, nobody knows whether you have any doctorate or whether you are a professor or whether you have any BSc or any academic qualification at all. Nobody knows. So you have to make them know so that you can get some kind of respect. Like Goliath, you have to show them your armor, you have to show them your helmet, you have to show them your sword, you show them your weaver's beam, the sword, the spear and the javelin so that they can respect you. That's the same thing. That your certificate in the office, could it be that it is your Goliath armor that you are just displaying to people so that they can respect you? Is that your way of boasting without talking? Is that your way of commanding people to respect you without having to say anything? Should that be your means of boasting? Should that be your source of boasting and glory? The Lord said, don't glory about those things. Rather, glory in this, that you understand and you know him. Those plagues hanging in your office, it's a custom today for people to do it to command respect from anyone who enters their office. But human boasting is everywhere we go, though many times it is not vocalized, yet it is still communicated in various ways like I have just mentioned. But the Lord says to us in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 17 and 18, But whosoever has a desire to glory, that is to boast, let his glory be in the Lord. For the Lord's approval of a man is not dependent on his opinion of himself, but on the Lord's opinion of him. Where is your boasting? Is it based on your opinion of yourself? That's no way you should be boasting. Your boasting should be in God's opinion of you. What is God's opinion of you? The world has told you their opinion of you. They say you are a professor. They say you are a mighty man. They say you are a good musician. They say you are this or you are that and they give you awards and they praise you for it and you feel proud about it. And like Goliath, you can talk about it and feel good about yourself because of something you have that others don't have. But is that what you should be boasting about? You need to come to another challenge now. Come into the Lord's own his own uh, qualifications and his own estimation of men. And let us see whether you can still continue in that boasting. Our boasting is to be in the Lord and not in our achievements and not in anything that we have acquired for ourselves or something that we think we have. Be careful. This is a sin that the Lord wants to excavate and remove from us as we go through this devotion today. It's a common thing that people do unknown to themselves, which I have mentioned ways in which it is done. But deep down in the heart, the way this boasting is done is by us having the idea in our minds that we are more entitled or we are more worthy of something than others because of one thing or the other that we have. That is just the basis of boasting. I say it again. It is that feeling of that you are more entitled or more worthy of something than others because of something you have, maybe the color of your skin 
or your beauty or handsomeness that you estimated about yourself because that's you who said you're handsome or you're beautiful that's your own opinion of yourself or because of something that you have like your academic qualifications or for others it could be their physical build-up others it could be their intelligence that they just speak the things they say even though if they don't have any academic qualification or some others it could be because of the people they know because you know the president or you know this highly placed official and the connections you have because of that you think you are more entitled to something than others and in your mind you cherish that thought that is what the lord wants to remove from us today that is the goliath spirit and then you challenge others you feel that you can cross their path and they shouldn't cross yours because of these things that you have this is the spirit of goliath you see in the case of goliath there was another thing he was boasting about which is not just these qualifications he had another strength apart from himself which was the strength of his gods in the book of psalm 97 verse 7 it says confounded be all they that serve grieving images that boast themselves of idols worship him all ye gods the only way that we, we now can be in fear of people uh, who we consider our enemies that boast against us that say that they are going to use divination or enchantment to attack us because some people come today and boast and say i would i would i'll show you something you see what i'll do to you but what they mean is that they want to do something like what balaam was trying to do to israel which is to curse them to use divination evil spirits to attack people like they call it spiritual attack that's what they call it and various uh, places they call it different names black magic and witchcraft and all of that some people boast about their powers so-called spiritual powers yeah some men have connections with devils true and they can use that to attack people we've looked at that in the story of bala but we also learned that when we are in harmony with god we have nothing to fear the only way we can be in fear of our enemies who boast against us to use some kind of black magic or divination or spiritual way to attack us is if we like saul are living in contradiction to god's law we cannot be protected from them if this is the case but we need to learn that we have nothing to fear about from those who are boasting when we are in harmony with god's law so wherever you find yourself don't join people in boasting because sometimes people want to intimidate you by the things they say do you know i can't do this to you what did Pilate say to jesus when he was questioning jesus who are you what are you and jesus said to him give nothing actually gave him silence as an answer and because of the silence Pilate became offended and asked him the question don't you know that i have power to crucify you and i have power to also set you free and jesus had to speak up at that time which made which made Pilate to fear in the book of john chapter 19 reading from verse 10 and 11 says then said Pilate unto him speakest thou not unto me he was insulted are you not talking to me do you know who i am that's the basic thing that Pilate was saying he was boasting about his position to jesus he says, knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to, to release thee? You can imagine the way Pilate asked Jesus this question. Like he had been questioning Jesus and Jesus said nothing to him in John 19 verse 9. Or let me say from verse 8. He says, when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid and went again into the judgment hall and said unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. He felt insulted and then he had to question Jesus in boasting. Do you know who I am? Why are you not answering me? Don't you know I have power to crucify you and I have power to release you? And verse 11, Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee 
from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. So that response Jesus gave to him brought fear in him. We need to understand that nobody has a power over us, no Goliath with any divination or physical strength or connection or wealth and might and intellect has any power over you or even beauty and handsomeness or tribal ethnic connections or race have no power or superiority over you except it was given to them from above. That was the mindset of Jesus. He was not fretting under the attack of the Jews or of the Romans. And we need to understand why Jesus was like this. It is because of his harmony with God. He was not afraid of the boasting because he had no sin. He said it there. You have no power over me, Pilate, except it was given to you from above. And we need to learn that lesson too. But we also need to learn the lesson, like I've been saying earlier, of refraining from boasting for any reason at all. Some people feel that they know something more than others and because of that, they want to boast about what they know. I'll get to that. In the book of 2 Corinthians 10, reading from verse 5 and 6, from verse 15 and 16, we are told, not taking credit to ourselves for what is not our business, that is, for the work of others, but having hope that with the growth of your faith, we may get the credit for an increase which is the effect of our work so that we may be able to go on and take the good news to the countries still farther away than you are and not take credit for another man's work in making things ready to our hand so Saul here was not Paul here was saying it's not nice to do that even today in churches it's done many pastors want to take credit for another person's work they'll say I'm the one who baptized this person I'm the one who baptized that person they want to take the glory the Bible says don't do that there's no need for that don't take credit for another person's work in boasting. Another way we are told not to boast is in the book of Proverbs 27 verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring. This crime is so bad that James had to rebuke it in a very scathing manner. In the book of James chapter 4 reading from verse 13, it says, Go to now, you that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain whereas you know not what what shall be on the morrow for what is your life it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away for that you ought to say if the lord will we shall live and do this or that but now you rejoice in your boastings all such rejoicing is evil therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin amen in what context did uh, the bible say that those who know what to do good to do good and do it do it not it is sin it is in the context of this boasting do you know that now like we can say boasting is a sin it is a sin and it should not be in the life of any child of god and one way we can boast is when we do not acknowledge god in our dealings in this world James is saying here, those who are saying tomorrow I'll do this, you are making plans for your life and you are boasting about your plan. The people who made the Titanic said that the, the boat can never sink, that God cannot even sink it. They boasted about it, but it, was, it, it sank in the sea. For whatever reason, you can say, I don't know. But that boasting, human boasting, was brought to nothing. And if we too are making plans for tomorrow and we are saying, like we look at people like Klaus Schwab today, talking about the Great Reset. We are going to do this. We are going to create men in our own image and then 
Harari, who is his personal advisor, is saying, oh, that we are going to do some intelligent design, not the intelligent design of a God up there in the sky, but the intelligent design of man himself. We are going to create men, we will create minds, we will create people. Boasting of man. The Lord will bring it to nothing. That is what is going to happen. Jeremiah 9 verse 23 and 24. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord that exerciseth loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, said the Lord. Let our boasting be in the Lord. Psalms 34 verse 2 says, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Amen. When we see the world boasting about what they are going to do, let us be calm because the Lord is in control just as he did for Goliath. He will do for them. But now let's talk about boasting about the intellect. Some may know the word of God very well. Yes. Do not boast about what you know in the word of God because you feel like, ah, I'm able to dissect it very well and break it down and let the person come out, give a Bible study with them and I'll be able to um, show that I know better than the other person. In Testimonies, Volume 3, page 218, paragraph 1, we are told, in the presentation of unpopular truth, which involves a heavy cross. So, there are some truths we preach that has a heavy cross. In other words, it's going to bring... It's going to be life-altering for the people. They are going to have to make huge sacrifices. There are some sermons we preach on that direction. We are told preachers should be careful that every word is as God would have it. Their words should never cut. They should present the truth in humility with the deepest love for souls and an earnest desire for their salvation and let the truth cut. They should not defy ministers of other denominations and seek to provoke a debate. They should not stand in a position like that of Goliath when he defied the armies of Israel. Israel did not defy Goliath, but Goliath made his proud boast against God and his people. The defying, the boasting, and the railing must come from the opposers of truth who act the Goliath. But none of this spirit should be seen in those whom has whom God has sent forth to proclaim the last message of warning to a doomed world. End of quote. So, brothers and sisters, though you know the word of God, you can dissect prophecy and every other part of God's word well. We should not present it in a manner of boasting to show our intellect or to let the truth cut. And do not challenge others to debate in the word of God because that's not what it is for. It is a spiritual thing to bring about conversion in the hearts of others. Because when you go into debate, it is not about conversion now. It is not about their salvation. It's about winning an argument. And because you know so much and then you are confident in yourself and in what you know, you feel you want to enter into an argument or to debate and you defy people and say, anybody who can do this, let them come and show me this in the word of God. If anybody can show me where this is in the word of God, I will give him this or I will give him that. That is boasting. That is what's, what's what Goliath did. Goliath said, anybody who can come to fight me, if you win me, we will serve you. Same thing people do today. You see sometimes people write it, show me where it is in the word of God that this said this or that. If you can show me, I give you a thousand a thousand dollars and all of that. You see, we are counseled. Perhaps you've done that in the past. We are counseled. We should cease from doing that because it's not going to bring about the conversion of man. 
trusting in our intellect or in our wealth or in our connections or in our beauty or our ethnicity or our nationality will not bring about something for us the main thing that we need and that is the reason we shouldn't boast about these things it will not bring salvation this is the reason why boasting should not be done in the book of psalms 49 reading from verse 6 it says they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to god a ransom for him for the redemption of their soul is precious and it ceaseth forever oh my what is this redemption it is the blood of our lord jesus and that is why we can only boast in the lord because that is the only thing that can redeem us from sin and from death why then are you boasting in your money or in your beauty or your nationality or in the color of your skin or in anything that you have when those things cannot redeem you why then are you boasting reading on verse 9 it says that he should steal thee forever and not see corruption for he seeth wise men die like the fool and the brutish person perish and leave their wealth to others their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations they call their lands after their own names you see it you see this street they name it after this person and after that person it's still the human boasting they want to live forever but is that how to live forever they say oh my name will live forever but they are dead there's a way to live forever it is by believing in the lord jesus whosoever believeth in him will not perish and have but have everlasting life and there we can boast in the lord if there's anything we can boast in is to say i have jesus in my life you may not have wealth you may not have the connections you may not be beautiful and handsome as every other person is in the world yes you may not be as academically qualified or as intelligent as the rest of the people so-called intelligence because you are not to call any man intelligent who doesn't have the intelligence and wisdom to choose jesus so the world calls them intelligent but they are not actually intelligent people may have those things but yet we have something better when we have jesus and that is where our boasting should be going on in psalms chapter 49 reading from verse 13 it says this their way this does this they are naming the streets after their names this their way is their folly yet their posterity approve their sayings like sheep they are laid in the grave death shall feed on them and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling but god will redeem my soul from the power of the grave for he shall receive me be not thou afraid when one is made rich when the glory of his house is increased for when he dieth he shall carry nothing away his glory shall not descend after him though while he lived he blessed his soul and men will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself he shall go to the generation of his fathers they shall never see light man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the beasts that perish wow are you in honor because of your beauty maybe they called you the most beautiful person in so and so place the strongest man in this place the most wealthy man or in your small vicinity and your small community you are looked at as the most wealthy or whatever or most intelligent or most academically qualified or something one thing or the other do you have such an honor if you have that honor we are told if you understand if you don't have understanding you are like the beast that perish and what is understanding it is to choose jesus do not boast about anything you have as we come to the end of time there is going to be a boasting that the whole world is going to hear about we are told in the book of revelation chapter 13 
that the kingdom is going to come which represents the united states of america by the way and is going to say that we build an image to the beast and will cause both small and great that's revelation 13 verse 16 rich and poor free and bonds to receive a mark in their right hand on their foreheads and that no man might buy or sell save he that has a mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name and that it will also cause that anybody who doesn't have this should be killed that's in verse 15 it says and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed wow at such a time god's children are not to be afraid they are not to be quaking like King Saul because you have to be like Jesus who was with Pilate. There he was about to face his death but he was not afraid of anybody. And we also are not to be afraid. Reading from the book of Isaiah chapter 8 reading from verse 11 it says for the lord spake thus to me with a strong hand and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of these people saying say ye not a confederacy to all them whom these people shall say a confederacy neither fear ye their fear nor be afraid i mentioned earlier people like klaus schwab and his advisor harari and many other people who are coming to the world economic forum saying they want to do a great reset in the world and that those who don't fall in line are going to die and they will be killed they will not follow on into the present new world that they are creating they are boasting in themselves claiming that they are going to create a new world claiming they are going to create minds they are going to invent and do intelligent design just like god in heaven defying god brothers and sisters a lot of people are offended with these things we are to pray about these things when people defy god like that you can be assured that they will be brought low down to the earth harari and his cohorts Schwab and his cohorts who are defying the Lord and many other people in the evolution uh, teaching who defy God, what progress have they had? None whatsoever. And the more they keep on doing this, they are like Goliath. The Lord will bring them down. And finally, when we get to the pinnacle of this world, to the time when the world will be so polarized that there is going to be a kingdom, this globalism, there's going to be that globalism that will come together. That's what we're reading here in Isaiah 8 verse 12. Says, say ye not a confederacy the world wants to come together against God's people they are forming a confederacy that they are going to bring together he says to join together form one world so that they will do what they want to do and people are afraid God says do not be afraid in verse 13 he says sanctify the Lord of hosts himself and let him be your fear and let him be your dread and he shall be for a sanctuary but for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, for a gene and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. And I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. Amen. Verse 19 tells us, And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God, for the living to the dead, to the law, and to the testimony? If they speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. The Lord is telling us, don't be afraid of the boastings of the men of this world. As we come closer to the end, there will be more of human boasting taking place. More of human boasting to control the world's economy. 
more of human boasting to control the world's government and they are going to use their power to try to compel everyone to do just what they are saying the elite of the world they are going to do that but then we have to not be afraid of the boastings and we are not to join them in the boasting be careful oak child of god do not for any reason join in this spirit of boasting let us sanctify the lord in our hearts and let him be our fear and our dread have you in the past been involved in this matter of boasting do you like many others feel qualified or entitled or better than others because of something you have like goliath you have your armor whatever your armor is is it your beauty your qualification or your certificates is it your connections or your ethnicity or your the color of your skin whatever it is lay it down those things are not going to redeem your soul don't boast about it it's not going to save you from death people have had what you have and they have died so what's the boasting about and many of them are not going to have eternal life the only thing you should boast about is the lord jesus because when you have him you have life and for others don't feel inferior because of the boasting don't tremble because of the boasting of pilate or goliath because if you have god you have everything that you need and don't feel intimidated brothers don't feel intimidated sisters some people are intimidated because they don't have a wife or a husband especially ladies they are afraid oh they feel i need a husband some people are boasting because i have a husband and they are proud walking around oh i have a, I have a husband others because they have children they are boasting about their children i have this child or whatever what is that going to do for you is your husband going to save you from sin is having a husband going to give you eternal life and for those who don't have why are you feeling intimidated by it is a husband eternal life is that a trophy a boon to 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 rejoice about if you have jesus you have everything be contented with jesus have a husband or not be fine many ladies are troubled over this matter oh i want a husband they are jealous of their fellow uh, sisters or they are they are envying each other asking questions wanting to know do you have do you not have this and that why because to them it is something to get they want the armor of goliath they want the armor of goliath to themselves so that they can make their own boastings do you not have jesus if you are a godly lady and you have Jesus, you shouldn't have that kind of mindset. Learn to be content with Jesus. And should he see fit to give you wealth, to, should he see fit to give you a husband or a child or whatever it is in this world, let it just be something added. Not what is your real glory, not what is your real joy. Your real joy should be in Jesus. We need a mind shift. We need a change of thinking and perception. How can you have Jesus and still be clamoring and wanting this and wanting that as though without those things, life is nothing? Without money, when you have Jesus. Without husband, when you have Jesus. Without child, when you have Jesus. Without qualifications, when you have Jesus. And you are sad, intimidated like Israel, when you have Jesus. What a shame. So Jesus is not everything to you then. We need to have a mind shift, brothers and sisters. Because now, God wants to remove from us, cut off from us, this thing called boasting let our boasting he wants to put in us the mindset that our boasting should be in the lord and i pray that we open our hearts for him to do that for us let us pray dear father in heaven forgive us for the times of our boasting help us lord to have our boasting only in the lord to feel content when we have you and not any other thing it's a struggle for many of us we are chasing after wealth because we we want to make it something that we will use to boast about. We want to bring our identity in our wealth or in our intellect or in our, maybe we lack the beauty, then we start to do things to ourselves so that we can appear so-called beautiful or handsome. 
and in doing this we are neglecting you and making our boasting human boasting indeed teach us lord to boast in the lord and to be content with you and you alone in our lives help us lord to understand change our minds and understand that one with god is majority and we have everything thank you lord for hearing our prayers and answering in jesus name of prayer. amen